Welcome to the Learning Forte podcast, where we hold conversations with hybrid leaders who are navigating change, experimenting with new ways to form community, and pursuing the common good. Our guests for these episodes are so brilliant and the content so life-giving, we wanted to make portions of them available to all of you. This podcast began as a part of our Strategic Imagination Sandbox, an online learning cohort experience for hybrid leaders. You can learn more about that at www.learningforte.com. While we have plans for more guests on future episodes beyond the scope of the sandbox, for now, we're sharing 15 minute or so portions of longer three-part conversations that have shaped this program. We hope you enjoy and share and find that this content supports your values-aligned leadership in hybrid spaces. Again, welcome to the Strategic Imagination Sandbox hosted by Learning Forte. We're eager to dive into episode three as we focus on aligning personal and organizational values to ground collective impact. The Reverend Canon Rosa Lee Harden has quite an extensive bio, and some of you may be familiar with her work, a self-described social entrepreneur to include service as a CEO of a Silicon Valley startup. Rosa Lee is also an ordained Episcopal priest and the executive producer of Neighborhood Economics a national convening that brings together leaders and practitioners in the field to include faith and finance. It is there uh, at Neighborhood Economics where she is joined with Reverend Dr. Leroy Barber, Executive Director of Neighborhood Economics. Leroy is a fierce advocate for individuals experiencing homelessness, youth empowerment, and education. Reverend Dr. Barber has served in the boards of the Simple Way, Missio Alliance, the Evangelical Environmental Network, and has chaired the Christian Community Development Association, Reverend Dr. Barber was licensed and ordained at Mount Zion Baptist Church and is the author of four books. Friends, I am in awe of the labors of love and the strategic imagination of both these amazing humans committed to beloved community. And thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having us. Good to be here. So that's what the website says. (laughs) As we ask with another guest, how would you share who you are and what your organization is all about if we were in an elevator together, sipping lobby-level coffee, and you were getting off the third floor? In other words, briefly. (laughs) Well, I would say I work with people of faith to try to imagine and bring about a just economy. And I would say um, we work to get money and resources to communities that normally don't get it. So we're looking forward to hearing a little bit about how you particularly have worked to align your personal values with those of your organization. And so one of the first questions I'd wanna ask you is what are some important personal values you hold as a leader that have shaped your vocation? I mean, I think I do have, being raised in the church, I think, Uh, the value of what it means to be an authentic follower of Jesus is pretty strong. Um, That's not always welcome everywhere, but I think think that shapes a lot of uh, how I present myself in the world. One of the things that I've felt like I was challenged with from the time I first really understood what 
Jesus was all about was how did we even dare to say that we followed Jesus because mm. um, the things that Jesus asked us to do are so countercultural. And growing up in the American South uh, in the 60s, 70s, um, Christianity wasn't particularly about being countercultural. It was about being, you know, fitting in with your culture. So uh, that's a, it's a really tricky thing uh, for me to understand, you know, how, how are the things that I try to model my life on really lived out? And I, I think it should be tricky for all of us because Jesus was a trickster and he showed us how to do it in a really unusual, uh, in a way that's not normal. Um, and, it's re- and it's really hard to follow him. Neighborhood economics in and of itself, when you talked about like Jesus flipping things upside down in a sense, talking about economics and beginning it with the clarifier of neighborhood is flipping it upside down a bit. Most of the time, at least in the West, we talk about economics as a personal thing. Well, or a global thing. The global mm-hmm, economy mm-hmm. or our personal. Uh, and, and either one of those lets us ignore our neighbor. And Jesus says we're not supposed to ignore our neighbor. Mm-hmm. But if you stay either with the personal, your home, your, you know, your family budget, or with the global economy, you, you aren't. You weren't talking about what Jesus asked us to talk about. Yeah. None of that connects to neighbor and place, right? Right. And it sounds like when, when you're talking about that, that vision for neighborhood economics is deeply connected to your own personal values. It is. And the uh, the thing I would have to, to really say there, Greg, is that it it's taken me 15 years of working in this space to get to a point that this perfectionism that we seem seem to have to ha- think we are supposed to have with our actions to, to kind of get that under control. And, um, you know, some of the stuff, you know, if you can't do it a hundred percent, then you just don't do it at all. Um, and so many times I've had conversations with, um, people who say we need to preach about money more. And they say, well, you know, I don't know what to say and I'm not good with my own money and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, you know, we preach about sin and, you know, we, you know, we sin. We aren't, we aren't, you know, we aren't good with our sin life either. You know, every day we're doing things that are outside of what we know we want to be doing. We don't hit the mark all the time, but we keep talking about it. But with money, everybody has this thing about you got to be perfect. You know, I've got to understand it. I've got to live it. I've got to, you know, got to be the ascetic that lives on the top of the telephone pole and um, get outside the system. But, you know, what Jesus kept saying to us is we live inside a system. Mm-hmm. And how do we become people of faith who have values that we care deeply about and know that, you know, Yesterday, I was talking to a friend that said, you know, I was cold and I turned the thermostat up to 75 and I had to just do it because I was cold and I know global warming and I know poverty and I know all the things Mm -hmm. that turning the thermostat up to 75 does, but I did it anyway. And, you know, it's just like, that's the world we live in. We, we have to, we, and I've only in the last year started giving, cutting myself some slack about it and saying, well, you just got to keep talking about this. You talk about it, you work on it, you get better at it. 
And um, yeah, but it's got to be perfect, right? Or or you don't talk about it at all. Or you don't right? talk about you it just, at all. You just, just be quiet. And I love that that's the phrase for how you describe what you're doing with neighborhood economics is it's a convening. Uh, it, and I'm even thinking more so about what we're doing with the sandbox and we prioritize experimentation in our work. And I'm wondering how you see those two things go together and what you're doing. Our friend Peter Block, who's been engaged with us at Neighborhood Economics for a long time, has an article that I keep um, trying to get to read, and now I'm going to do it. But it is like uh, convening is leadership. That, you know, if you can get people in the same mm -hmm. room to talk about something and have a conversation about it, you don't, you don't have to have all the answers. You yes. don't have to have uh, the... You're not there to say... Here's the path now. Follow this path, or to say, here's the path now. Follow me. It's it's a convening and podcast, and it's like, how do we just start talking about yeah. this? How do we just uh, get people in the room to have these conversations and let them let them find the spark that works for them? Yeah, it, convening isn't convening a little bit. It's a check on our ego as well. Like it. We do not have all the answers. We do not have all the money. We can't. We're not just handing out dollars, but we're bringing people together to talk about it and to solve problems together uh, to create change. Right. So we're one of the folks in the room, right, uh, who who happen to to be bringing the table. Well, one of the components of the Strategic Imagination Sandbox is helping folks navigate change, not necessarily to manage change, which is the the, the hot button term change management, but to, to, as Octavia Butler talks about, shape change um, in the midst of it. And so one of the things I'm wondering is what have been some significant changes you have faced in the organizations you serve and, and how did your, your values impact your leadership in these changes? Oh, Lord. Ooh. <laughs> well, th oh, well, that's easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> well, the funny part of that is, do you want do you want the changes that that emerge out of out of these really good convenings, you know, or do you want the changes that emerge out of our mistakes? Right. Like what? <laughs> yes. Yes to both. <laughs> well, um, the word pivot is the master word. It's, you know, you've got to learn to see what's coming at you and and to change directions. If you when you see it, you may be looking over to the right, but then you see it coming out of your left eye. And then you, you if you just keep going to the right, you're going to miss it. And you've got to be able to recognize that you don't know it all and to listen. Oh, my God, to listen. Yeah. I like when we talk about change, I like the word innovation, not because it's some big buzzword and, you know, everybody wants to use it now, but at its at its root, right, it's about putting these things together to see if they work, right? And so it's, okay, this piece over here, this piece over here, and this piece, and once in a while something sparks or something kicks back on you and you got to bring something else in. I think that's what innovation is. It's uh, knowing you're putting pieces together that normally don't go together 
And sometimes, yeah. and sometimes that that just doesn't work, right? There's a it's like an electrician working on something, and then it, and then some smoke comes out, and you gotta get that smoke away, and then try try something else. I think that's that kind of change. I think uh, is what how I like to like to think about it. What you just said, Leroy, was is fascinating to me because using that metaphor, the electrician, the electrician doesn't run out of the house screaming. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, and we were just in a conversation immediately preceding this where we were laying out the content that's going to be at an event here in Jackson, Mississippi in April. And there was a sentence in it that, um, in what we had written up, and we're there to talk to and learn from a partner, a new partner. And um, he said, this sentence means that 20% of the people I'm about to email will say, I have got to be at this event. And 20% mm -hmm. of the people who read that sentence are going to say, no way I'm going to that event. Mm -hmm. And how do you, there's a kind of an art to figuring out, like are that. we preaching to the choir that we want, do we want to write our materials or that in a way that it will get people who are already thinking this way in the room? Or do we write our materials in a way that will bring an unsuspecting, valuable stranger into the room who we will learn from? Mm -hmm. And, and it, there's just this art of trying to figure out. So, okay, he said 20% will come if we write it this way and 20% won't come if we write it that way. So what do we yeah. do? Which yeah. way yeah. do you go? And you have to really know what you're trying to accomplish. I like you using the word art. I think that's I think that's interesting in this space. And uh, y'all, what I admire about her, and sometimes we'll sit down and we'll sketch out something, right? And we'll go, okay, this is it. And then we'll come back the next week, and Rosalie will go, I thought that was it, but. Mm, I don't like that. I don't like that this week. Let's let's fix that. Let's change that. Let's move that. And I I think that's an artist approach. I think that's um, oh. I think that's the approach of of this. We put these two things in there, and we thought it would work, but they that's not working. Um, see all that smoke coming out around it, right? Like let's get rid of that. Yeah, and yeah, you know? and, and the thing is, I think thank you for that. I think that's a huge compliment. Uh, given that you work and lead this organization together, albeit with distinct roles and responsibility, how does all of this pertain to your collaborations? Um, in other words, like the alignment of your personal values with uh, your organizations that you're you're leading. The reason we are working together is because we recognized in each other, and and there there's more than just the two of us. There's mm -hmm. also Tim Sorens, who uh, from the Parish Collective and Inhabit Conference, who's a part of this team, and my husband Kevin Jones, who started um, SoCap with me and has done um, uh, impact investing work forever. So they're they're kind of the four of us, along with another partner, um, Tim Freundlich, who has uh, started um, Impact Assets, which is this huge donor advised fund. So the five of us kind of work together in um, Tim Tim's the two Tim's are on the outside edge but they're deep advisors to us but we all see the same problem and I think as a team we're really we see the same problem but we see enough of the different facets mm -hmm. of the solution mm -hmm. that we 
that we have a more holistic approach than we would. Um, I mean, just to be, you know, the obvious thing is I'm a, a white woman from the South and Leroy's a black man from Philadelphia. So we have seen different pieces mm-hmm. of the of the problem of the, ra- the racial wealth gap. Mm-hmm. And um, we have to listen to each other. And we have to, you know, we have to figure out how to take what I know and to take what he knows and um, and and help people hear all of the hear all of it. It's a moving, active kind of organism of oh, like this thing. Kevin knows better and sees differently, and we should be listening to him right now. Or uh, our our production of our events. There's no one better than Rosalie. We need to, we need, we need, I need to step back and listen and learn and understand these pieces. I'm, you know, uh, Leroy talks to these people. Leroy's a salesman. So let's like on this piece, let's, let's, let's listen to him and and let him out there. Like it's, it's a moving thing. It's not, it's not stagnant. It's whatever the moment brings, who's the person that needs to be listened to at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we ever go into a staff meeting with any one of us thinking that if, if I were the only person in the staff meeting and I had a group of, you know, smart, capable people to do what I told them to do, that would not work. Like if we, if it's an mm-hmm. hour before the event's about to launch and the tables aren't set and the flowers mm-hmm. aren't on the mm-hmm. table and the food needs to, I right. may say, okay, right now I'm the captain. Mm-hmm. Y'all right. listen to me. <laughs> right. But there are other times when Leroy might say mm-hmm. that. It's like, I'm about to go on the stage in front of this very blended, uh, diverse audience. And these are the things we need to say in this moment. Y'all don't go up there and, and freelance. Mm-hmm. You say what mm-hmm. I tell you to say. You know, it's like, we know when to listen to each other. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. Leadership is a collective venture. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Learning Forte podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it in your social spaces. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Imagination Sandbox or enrolling in an upcoming cohort, be sure to visit our website at www.learningforte.com.